Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, Ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I am just Supernatural Girl tonight since PK, unfortunately, is not feeling well. She is at home resting, and I'm sure she's going to be fine, just a bit under the weather. So tonight we have our Supernatural Health segment with a very special Guest Jennifer Miele is here with us to talk about Star Trek medicine in Baja, California. This stuff is going to blow your mind, you guys. But hang on, because first I have a few things to go over with you all, since we've been waiting and waiting for the Pentagon report. I know we've had a lot of conversations about this with all of you. I know you really want to hear what the Pentagon has to say about UFOs, and it's going to be probably a nothing burger at the end of the day. However, I was talking to one of your favorite guests here, Robert Luca, and I sent him this list. Of course, this list could be a lot longer, but I kept it short. But here's the deal. We as citizens have been awaiting the release of this report on UFOs. Now they've rebranded it. Now it's UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Okay, whatever. Now, we'd like to have an admission about these things that have been dominating our airspace, and we'd like to hear them come out and say they're not from our planet. But do we really need this report? So this report was initially ordered for a June 1st release, but in typical bureaucratic fashion, the report was delayed, and we're still waiting. So now information is being leaked, And lo and behold, they're saying that the report, after all this hype, is going to come out and say all of this is inconclusive. So, here are ten reasons why we don't need no stinking report. Trust the government. Let's take a look at what they've been up to. Number one, disinformation has been the name of the game on UFOs, UAPs, or whatever you want to call them, since the big whoops UFO headline hit the local newspapers after the saucer crash in Roswell, New Mexico. Oh, correction, that was a weather balloon. And everyone breathed a sigh of relief. Yeah, right. And number two, discrediting witnesses. A major effort that wasted millions of tax dollars calling Aunt Sally an incurable alcoholic and thus less than credible witness. Although it should be noted that Aunt Sally did not drink and she lived in a dry town. And although I've changed the name, this really did happen. Number three, threatening witnesses and their relatives. Well, just why not? 
Number four, we own this, meaning the government, we, or at least we can pretend to, and just like a bad parent, try to make you understand that this is for your own good. Now, what have the civilians been up to? Well, here's number five, cell phones with cameras. The bane of secrecy, sending the latest sightings global so we now all join in to see the ships flashing across the skies, and they can't stop it. Now, we're not stupid. We've researched the reports, number six, and don't think that swamp gas flies as an explanation for spaceships. Number seven, common sense shows us that we are not alone in the universe. Number eight, we've learned how to follow the money from oil and gas to free energy. Number nine, whistleblowers from a variety of secret bases explain the difference. They've been here on our show between our ships and their ships. And number 10, Scottish hacker, don't forget about him, Gary McKinnon. He found evidence of ETs in files from the Pentagon and NASA that he hacked into over 20 years ago. And the government did not succeed in extraditing him, but he found the evidence back then. So there you have it, everybody. Do we really need this report? I don't think so. I mean, it would be nice because then we could all feel like, hey, we're on the same page about this. But we know what's really going on. We've had guest after guest on our show that has told the truth about their own experiences. So if the government wants to humiliate themselves one more time, well, let them do it. We can't stop it, but we do know the truth. And, you know, there is a, a big correlation between being lied to by the government about what's going on in our skies and also here on Earth and being lied to by doctors and medical professionals that have been forced to do standard of care rather than help you heal. So tonight's guest is a very important guest. Again, her name is Jennifer Miele, and they have actual medicine that looks like it just came off Star Trek, really, in their clinic. And it works, but you won't see it here in this country for the most part. Now, Jennifer specializes in medical research, nutrition, and with, she's done extensive studies and has over 20 years of experience in the integrative health field. Her approach includes functional medicine to immunology, photodynamic therapies, among many, many others. Now, Jennifer is the co-founder and director of Baja Medgate in Baja, California, Mexico. And she's the rec- director of, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, correct me if I'm wrong, Newbie Health Incorporated, as well as a partner with Weber Medical. And Dr. Weber was here on the show, as you may remember. Now, Jennifer is dedicated to ongoing research, education, and training. And as you know, in our traditional medical system, many people are not dedicated to that. They are just following standard of care orders. Now, Jennifer also holds an honoris causa doctorate in the area of medical research. She's a real star. She truly cares about her patients, and she's here with us tonight. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Patricia. It's an honor and wonderful to be on the show, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. (laughs) Well, you're more than welcome, and and I'm so pleased you're here. I wish PK was here with us because she loves the health segments one of her favorite things that we're doing on the show lately. But do tell me, how did you get started in this field of alternative medicine? 
Actually, that's a very interesting story. So I got started in this field because of um, a family member that was ill. I kind of always grew up around integrative health field in general. Um, when I was a, a young child, both my parents were involved in holistic ways of cooking and organic foods and you know, it was kind of always part of life. But to be very honest, my original area or where I thought I was going to be working was in the music field. That was a passion of mine. But I had a very oh. sick uh, grandparent with cancer um, when I was quite young, so I don't remember a lot of that. And they went out of country for assistance. And then when I was um, probably around seven, seven and a half, had a very serious car accident with a uh, one fam one parent, and then about uh, six months later, a serious car accident with a second parent. So I think the universe was trying to uh, get me to look at things a little bit differently, even at a very young age. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's pretty traumatic. It was. So after going through both of um, those experiences, um, one of my parents was never quite the same ended up dealing with some very severe health issues, as did I. Um, but as a kid, you know, we're kind of a bit more of a Gumby and don't really pay attention <laughs> to that, right? Right. <laughs> so our bodies seem to repair themselves much faster as children as when we're an adult, as we, we see in a lot of that, you know, it, it compares to many factors. But one of the biggest ones was it kind of pushed me in a direction of um, – learning everything from, you know, it was a traumatic experience, so learning things from music therapy to even at a very young age, to looking at equine therapy and different ways that we could affect the emotional body as well as the physical. And then I had a sick uh, parent that got very, very sick with severe Lyme disease. Uh, chronic infection went through the entire body and started uh, decaying away some of the bones. Oh, so my. we searched the United States when I was around 15, 16 years old, searched the United States for assistance all the way to other countries and ended up actually out of the country uh, to finally find some answers. And I'm very happy to say today that both parents did very well after even all of that insanity. But when I was only 18, I was uh, diagnosed with Lyme disease, um, went through a very severe, um, very severe uh, health issues. Ended up in a wheelchair for about six months, unable to feel my legs. And at age oh, 20, supposedly diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, my goodness. Which I, I, I know, right? So I don't think that, honestly, it was ever breast cancer. I do think that it was more if affected by the chronic infection or inflammatory process in the body. I never did anything traditional at the time. I was already fortunate enough actually due to a sick parent, so I'm very grateful for this. I was in a full-on degree of music studying in the university, switched my degree completely to studying nutrition, and went on to studying more integrative medicine and worked in the field of uh, research and medical research and started working on a degree in the field of medical research so that I could afford to continue therapies for both family members as well as myself. And I knew that the traditional perspective that we were doing at the time was not gaining the results we were looking for and neither was it for myself and like many of us we ignore what our bodies are telling us because we just think it's stress or we just think that it's our you know we can keep pushing through and I ended up learning the hard way that it wasn't um, about maybe six seven years ago I went through end-stage lupus as well and have pulled through the other side of that so a lot of this I have no idea. Sometimes I wonder why all these things happen, but at the same time I'm grateful. Otherwise I wouldn't be where I am today doing what we do. 
<laughs> so I can honestly yeah. say I've had personal experience both family-wise and personally with most of the therapies that we offer where we are now. Wow. Then I mean, that's a long-winded answer to a short question. That's a great answer because you know what? It makes such a difference when you are a medical professional and you have been through that so that your patients know that they're talking to somebody who really gets it. There are far too many doctors that have had a disease-free life and they don't get it. They don't understand it. They can't. They they really can't. It's It's like... You know, when I was diagnosed with scleroderma, it came with a high level of fatigue, which you probably can relate to with lupus, same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I would say, well, I've been tired. And then my friends would say, how are you doing? Well, I'm just tired. Well, oh, me too. I've been really, no, you don't get how tired you can feel when you have an autoimmune disease. It's a tired, it's so, it's it's almost like you have to really think about how you're going to put one foot in front of another just to get to the bathroom. That's a whole different level yes. of fatigue. And until you've been through it, it's really hard to say you know what's going on. You don't. So, you know, God bless you for everything you've been through. And now I look at everything that you're offering to people. And I, and it's true. I know. I've seen you work with people, and, and you truly, truly care about all your patients. They're kind of like your extended family. <laughs> they come to see you. <laughs> they, they are, and thank you for saying that. It's um, they are like an extended family, and most of the people that we work with is is exactly that way because we do want to see them get well. And many of the people that we see have, there we're not we're some for some of them we are the first place they go, and for others we're you know the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. It really depends on what the journey has been for the individual, and I. I can um, be sympathetic to that because I went through it myself. Um, I went to so many different clinics when my parents, where my parent was sick. I went through so many different clinics when I was sick. And you're absolutely right. A lot of the physicians, they're brilliant. And I work with so many doctors, and I honor them, and I really love them, and I think they're absolutely brilliant in what they do. But I think it's very difficult for many of them because they're not looking at things the same way as when you've been through something like you have, Patricia, or I have and others. Right, right. And the physicians that have been through something personally, they have a different perspective. They look at things differently. Um, it's a very different environment for them. Not good or bad. It's just different. And well, I and noticed it's, that it's, when I was going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just more of the whole picture. I mean, instead of. I think when when doctors who have not been through something like this look at a patient, they're looking at a case. And I think when people who have been through this in the medical profession look at a patient, they're looking at a person. I really think that's the difference. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. Yes. Because you need to look at both what's happened to them, but you need to look at them as a person. And I think that's where... I I don't mean this in a negative way at all, but I think most of us in the integrative alternative health field, and my business partner and my partners actually opened my mind to looking at this even more, because most of us in this field are looking at things in a very different way. We're not looking at people as truly people. We look at them as a patient, so we're not seeing what's happened to them through their life. We need to look at both what's happened to them as a case as well as a person. And bridging yes. those two things together is where we can actually help someone. We can actually guide them. And to be honest, 
We're just there to guide them and give them answers and support and information. They're the ones that actually make the difference. I mean, look at you. You made the decision to try things outside of the norm because you knew something else was going on and you were successful in doing so. I did the same thing. Most of the clinics I worked with, I was in awe, and I was so grateful for being with them and working with them as medical assistants, working them as medical research partners, developing protocols. I learned so much from that, so much. But my biggest frustration is most of them were all so focused on their individual protocols that they weren't looking at the possibility that when you integrate and try to find something that could be better for the individual case, rather than just the protocol they developed and that's it, that's where we were losing people. We weren't helping them. We weren't getting to that next step. If we could integrate an immunotherapy from one area, an antimicrobial from another, uh, whether it be, you know, a, a dietary program from another, it doesn't matter where it is, but it needs to be the right program for that individual. That's when we can actually help people get well. Right, and that's right. One of the many ways your clinic uh, really shines, and again, for everybody, the clinic is BajaMedGate.com if you want to look it up online, and also contact Jennifer about what is offered and what she may be able to help you you guys with that are listening tonight. But, yeah, it's not a one-fits-all thing, getting well, and it's a very personal journey, so having the right team is absolutely critical. And not handing over your power to a doctor and thinking that doctor is going to fix you doesn't happen that way. just doesn't. No. No, it doesn't. And um, I think I learned that the hard way because we're always looking for someone to look up to, to be kind of a guiding light to tell us what to do. And it exists. The guidance exists. But no one can tell you what to do for your body. And that was the biggest thing that when I went through this is working with all these physicians was, understanding and, and basically and that's how Baja Maygate came to form was we were working with so many different physicians and they were all brilliant but I couldn't get most of them on the same page to work together as a team. So what we did, the idea was opening a facility, a, a medical facility where we could offer something that was different. It was nowhere near what was being done traditionally. It was definitely outside the norm. It was focusing on um, how would I say this? I guess the best way to, to approach it would be it was focusing on the individual and pulling different protocols and programs together for the individual patient or person on what their body needed and trying to find a way to listen to them. And it didn't matter if the physician was in clinic with us, which we have an amazing team. It didn't matter if they were 3,000 miles away, 100 miles away. I went to the physicians and colleagues that I worked with, where they were scientists, nutritionists, um, researchers, medical doctors, naturopaths, and I asked, are you willing to be part of a team where we consult together and create kind of like a round table perspective? Because not one of us has the answers, and there are so many different therapy options out there that they can make amazing changes with people. And if we can reach that point, then we think we can actually make a difference. So. Our clinic is much smaller. It's not this huge, massive hospital. Um, we wanted something that was more personalized, one-on-one, where people could come and we take, you know, X amount of people at one time to work with. We really do dedicate a tremendous amount of time with them. And we integrate different therapies and protocols and are constantly changing and adjusting to find what works best for them. And we don't have all the answers, which is why we have a team. 
And we, my goal there and my partner is to find what works for the individual. So it's a different perspective. We have in-house kitchen. We, food is an incredibly important part, and it's one thing that I think most people, even everyone who's listening tonight, one biggest thing you can even do on your own is most people want to go to a clinic. Patricia, I think we've talked about this. They do this treatment, they think they're going to get well, and that's all they need to do, where the clinic is basically guiding you to get on the right path, helping you take that step forward, and it's an incredibly important part. I do agree because I needed it myself too. But the biggest part is the education and helping someone learning what to do on their own and being there as a support. It's not just about going somewhere and wanting them to fix you. It's about finding what works for the individual. One of the easiest things you can start with, which is difficult because of our habits, is how we eat, how we take care of ourselves, what we do on a daily basis. We don't realize how many of those things are affecting us until we actually stop and realize we don't sleep and we don't eat well. And even if we think we are, we really evaluate what we're doing, and we're actually not. Most of us don't, even us in the health field. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, again, people, I, I'll tell you the thing that makes me laugh the hardest is when I see these commercials on television for heartburn. And it's like, you know, is this preventing you from eating the foods you love? And what are they eating? They're eating these greasy I know. or, you know, fast food. It's like, oh, God, I, I just wish I had an antacid so I could eat this stuff, right? But what about maybe <laughs> your body's trying to tell you? You're not supposed to be eating that stuff. It's not good for you. It doesn't agree with you. Now, maybe some people it agrees with, but it it doesn't agree with everybody. Again, but here's your antacid. And, of course, what does that lead to? Other problems. For example, one of the antacids I just was reading about, they found was causing breast cancer and bladder cancer. So they were told to pull it off the market. So, yeah, all these quick fixes that we've been taught to rely on have consequences. Mhm. They do. They do have so, consequences, and I think one of the biggest things is that we really don't look at or we forget to put attention on are some of the most basic critical things. So, I mean, it, again, we have access to such amazing therapies, right, things that because of where we're located, because of the team we put together, because we are, we have, we've, we are, licensed in our country in Mexico where we are the clinic is located I'm from the United States but the clinic is located in Mexico and you know we're happy to consult with anyone and give guidance and whether we're the right place or not the right place we'll try to help you guide you know work to help guide you find the place that is right for you but the biggest thing that I can say that is so important is you may need some assistance in a clinical environment and I'm all I mean we have run a clinic I understand that that's why we have it but that doesn't mean there aren't things you can't do for yourself. There are so many home options. There are so many things you can do to educate yourself. And one of the benefits we have of being out of country is that we have access to therapies that have been in clinical trials in the United States for 30, 40, 50 years that have still not been released for people to actually have access to. And that is so frustrating because some of these therapies, natural killer cell, dendritic cell, antimicrobial therapies, immunopeptide therapies, some of the way we use these things, they're available in the United States, but the way that you're applying them and doing them where we are is completely different, and they can make the biggest difference with someone. So it's a very frustrating thing. So we specialize everywhere from chronic infection to co-infections, people who are looking to just try to stay healthy and not get sick, uh, regenerative medicine, and we do a, a lot of work in oncology as well. 
And we have that benefit because the one thing that is in common in all of these cases is we are chronically malnutrition, chronic malnutrition, dehydration. These are really base factors in everything that we see. And usually all of us are running around with some type of viral, fungal, or co-infection that our immune systems are so compromised, which we've ignored for so long. And like you said, Patricia, we eat these greasy foods or things. None of that is particularly the problem, but it is the problem because of how we're doing it in our habits. We've gotten so used to not paying attention to what our bodies feel, we're not listening anymore. We're not. And and that's so much of the problem. I mean, it's we're not listening to what's right for us as individuals. You know, Native American uh, medicine people used to say, your food, your health food, is what your ancestors ate seven generations before you. That's your health food. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting because, well, now we have access to 23andMe and other genetic testing. We can find out who our ancestors were seven generations ago and what they were likely to be eating at that time. But instead, exactly. we're just very, very conditioned by advertising. That's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you want that burger to just drive drive through and mm-hmm. grab it and go. We are not conditioned to uh, live a healthful life. So... It really is going against the grain when you decide that you're going to go organic or you're going to grow a garden and you're going to eat a certain way that is not in line with fast Let's food. Let's take I-5 count, and I eat 5 Oops, are you there? Yes, I'm sorry. I lost it for just a moment. I apologize for that. My line just disconnected. That's okay. <laughs> so that happens know, every happened? once in a while, especially when you're calling from out of the country. Don't worry. Oh, goodness. Oh, I know. I'm sorry about that. My phone, no, no my phone yelled at me. <laughs> so, but I'm no, glad you're, you're right. with looking us. Back, <laughs> I am here. So, yes, looking back at things like, um, I mean, going all the way back to the history of our ancestors, if we look at where we're actually from and what our environments are supposed to be like or what our history is supposed to be, there are thousands of diets out there now, right? And most yeah. people ask me, the first thing they call when I talk to them, what is the diet that you most suggest? What would you suggest we do? Um, or what do you prescribe to? I can honestly say that I haven't, we have not found one diet that works across the board for everyone. Right. You have to find what works for the individual. I have people, including myself, that were doing more of a paleo diet, people that were doing more of a ketogenic diet, people that were doing more of a vegan-vegetarian type combination of a diet, people that were doing raw food diets, you know, juicing diets. I mean, there are so many, right? Yeah, there um, are. It's confusing to the average person, yes. It's very confusing, and it gets kind <clears> of scary <throat> because we think we're doing something right, and then we realize we're not. Well, the biggest thing I can say is, Focus on how your body feels when you eat something, if you feel more energy or more tired. And sometimes we get scared if we get bloated, which is not particularly always a bad thing if the digestive tract is trying to begin working. We are, you know, we're chronically backed up. I mean, I don't, I, I can use other words, but I want to be yeah. a little bit respectful. <laughs> we're, we're chronically backed up and going number two. Um, we are not eliminating. We're not hydrating well. Uh, and one of our biggest issues that we've seen is, we're really not finding or honoring what our bodies are telling us. So we always try to say, you know, we will always adjust the dietary program 
according to what we are looking for to be the best with the individual. Some people do better on, let's say, uh, uh, more of a ketogenic type. Some people do better on more of a vegan vegetarian. Others do more better on a paleo. We will find what works best, works best for the individual. And sometimes that can change, Patricia. It did with me. For years, I did amazingly well on almost no grain, um, lots of vegetables and, and high antioxidant fruits, kind of like a ketogenic and high protein and fat. And then at a certain point, my body completely refused. And I've seen this with other, with other people, with other patients, clients that I had suddenly, when I went through the lupus diagnosis, I had to change my diet completely and go more towards a vegetarian type based on more raw fruits and vegetables, away from certain types of animal proteins. Everyone is going to be different, and I do better on that, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for you or, or Tom or Jerry or whoever it is that's around us. We have right. to find what works for them, and it's not going to be unusual if it changes. So... We always try to find as raw as you can. The moment you cook something, you're overcooking, right? You're killing the nutrients yeah, in something exactly. that's raw and live. So try to eat it as raw and as, as close to the ground as you can. Eat as many nutrients as you can that are not processed and come out of a package. And we always think we're buying all these healthy ingredients. Believe me, even I do it. I go to a Whole Foods or a co-op or a health food store, and the first thing I run and grab would be gluten-free pasta because that tastes so good. And it's not that mm-hmm. it's particularly bad, but if we think about it, it's still a processed item. <laughs> it is, and it's it mostly raw. rice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mostly rice. It's mostly um, processed. It's mostly, um, uh, if we think about it, too, we add a ton of binders for it to have the same texture we're looking for. So it's not, it's not particularly that it's unhealthy, but it's not the healthiest thing we could be giving our body, especially if we do it every single day. You know, anything in excess is not the best. Right. So um, I, I know we talked a lot about diet. It's a passion because I think it's one thing that a lot of people can actually do at home. They can make changes for themselves. They can start, you know, eating more ginger and, and, and garlic and trying to make, you know, fresh cilantro teas out of the actual, you know, cilantro or parsley itself, which detoxes kidneys and helps with, heavy metal detoxes and things that are right at our fingertips that are not expensive, that people spend a ton of money trying to do all these programs, which I know sometimes it's needed. We know that. But if you can start doing things on your own and getting your body into a more healthy state, we can actually become so much, so much better, so much faster. Yes, exactly, exactly. Now, talk me through and our audience through what happens when people come to your clinic. And let's get into some of this advanced therapy that you have there that we don't have here in this country for reasons we we know all too well. Just follow the money if you want to know why we don't have it here. So so tell us, what could we expect to find in your clinic for treatment for cancer, for autoimmune, for Lyme, all of those horrible things? What can we find there at Baja Medgate? All right, so thank you for that. So we have a wide range of different therapy options, and that depends on what we're actually treating and how. Um, we will always integrate the therapies depending upon the individual, but we work everywhere from um, – so one of the first things that we do is when someone contacts us, we ask them to send records first. We will review records. We send them a little health history document, which we need them to fill out, so we get an idea on where they've been, what they've been through, 
And first we determine if they're, you know, if we feel that we can actually help them. There's no charge for this because first we need to make sure that we feel we're the right fit for them. Um, we will put together a proposal program with some different suggestions and therapy guidelines of what we could offer for them or what we would think would be the best option. And then the next step would be getting on a phone call and answering their questions and going through it. In some of the therapies, when we're dealing with chronic infection, when we're dealing with oncology, um, uh, cancer patients, obviously some of the therapies, when they're more advanced, we have people that come to us that you know, are still running every day, jogging, eating a healthy diet, feeling energetic, doing very well, and those people are going to have different types of therapies than someone that you know, can barely walk, very low energy, anemic. It's a different, it's a different perspective, right? Right. So having said that, um, we do a lot of, we always design the programs to create um, the best harmony in the body and find what the underlying root cause is for the individual. And that is not always the easiest thing to do because we always, even if we're treating, let's say, cancer or Lyme disease, whatever it might be, there's always an underlying root cause. And that underlying root cause is one of the most important things to look at. So in oncology, for example, we have seen that many, many, probably even 99% of the cases we have treated through the years as a team, we have seen that all of them will always show some kind of underlying infection, whether it be fungal, viral, parasitic, or all the above. And usually when we look for Lyme disease, if we look for Epstein-Barr, if we look for any of these viruses, we will always see them positive as well in most of the cases. Some will be a little different than others, but there's always something there. You know, so I've heard that always... before, that especially with linking mm-hmm. Epstein-Barr with something like, well, I know it's linked now through research to MS. And now they're saying maybe exactly. all of the autoimmune diseases have Epstein-Barr as an underlying cause. Have you found that to be true? We have found that to be true. So what we have seen is that most, it is an underlying cause. Epstein-Barr is definitely an underlying cause. And actually, this is really interesting. So we have seen it, whether it's Lyme disease, whether it's lupus, or even oncological patients, we always see Epstein-Barr, either whether it's the IgG or IgM, whether it's more chronic or old in the body, but one of them is always positive, Patricia. It's the most interesting thing, to be honest, but it's not just Epstein-Barr. It's usually the combination of the other co-infections as well, and that could be a virus. It could be, um, it could be anywhere from Epstein-Barr to cytomegalovirus. I mean, there are so many different viruses that could possibly be active in the system. So it just depends. But, yes, you're absolutely right. We have seen Epstein-Barr virus almost positive in 99% of the cases. So let There's me ask you this. There's a lot of showing that. Yeah, and so since the research shows it, since you found it, what do you, how do you treat Epstein-Barr? I understand it's one of the hardest things to treat. It's very difficult to treat. Um, so one of the first things we'll do is look at the underlying root causes, right? So if we see that there's viruses, Epstein-Barr, we see there's fungal, and usually the biggest problem with treating any of these underlying infections is usually there's more than one. Um, so it's difficult to treat because sometimes when we treat one, we'll end up having to treat the others, or just like our bodies, you know, just like our bodies are incredibly smart on how much we can live with and we adapt, so do the microbes. 
right? Yes, so they do. We They're very the smart. Com- they do. They're dang smart. Yep. <laughs> so we do these amazing different therapies by one, detoxing the system, give the body the nutrients and vitamins and support that it needs, and that can be intravenously with different intravenous biological therapies, um, re-inoculating with immune therapies, re-inoculating the body with um, IV support minerals, re-inoculating the body with um, high-dose sodium bicarbonate, magnesium chloride. These things will actually change the internal terrain. So one of the first things we do is we do a full panel of labs to see exactly what we're looking at, viral markers, immune markers, inflammatory markers, We'll do ultrasounds to check kidney function, liver function. Uh, we will look at uh, abdominal area as well. We'll look at the jugular area, the vascular system of the neck in almost every patient. And it doesn't mean that this is not specific to the individual. This means that we're looking at a baseline before we start any kind of therapy. Because many times we will see with these chronic inflammatory processes or infections, we have a very serious issue with vascular inflammation and in the lymph system. And we found that many of the times, if our bodies, many, many clinics and many places will look after what's underlying in the tissue. And one of the reasons why a lot of times, whether it's Lyme disease or whatever it might be, or co-infections or fungal infections, the actual toxins or, or microbes will hide in our tissue. So it's like peeling apart an onion it gets kind of caught in between the tissue layer between our derma, which is the skin, going all the way down into the vascular system, lymphatic system, and we get um, our bodies just kind of like a tumor, hold it in an area of the body. We will actually hold it in our system, whether it's in the vascular area of the neck, whether it's in our tissue of our arms. Many patients you will see have an amazing amount of inflammation around one area of their body. You've probably seen this or skin issues, or some Mm -hmm. area of the body where the body is holding it. So we've worked very carefully on doing a technique where we release or create a flow in the tissue. Because if we don't do that, no matter how many intravenous therapies, whether it's immunotherapy, micro micro, uh, dosing of antimicrobials, uh, rebuilding the immune system, or focusing on some of the underlying root causes using photodynamic therapy or immunotherapy or natural killer cell therapy or whatever it is we might be doing, we have to make sure that there's enough, for lack of better, well, not lack of better term, for a term that makes the most sense would be flow or tissue relief per se, to get the body moving properly so that these things, once we get, we just get affecting on the underlying infection process, then suddenly what happens is we turn around and our body releases it again because we actually haven't gotten the system or the body or the flow of the tissue to release or to release, per se. So, so basically, one if, somebody, area. if somebody doesn't have this kind of flow, then they're just uh, recirculating toxins. So it can get released from one area, mm-hmm. but it's just going to keep circulating. And that's why some people don't get well. Yeah, that's exactly. yeah, and it's a horrible thing when that happens. So it's you found a way around it, it which it, is great. It is. It's a horrible thing because especially with these Lyme disease and co-infections, they're not really Lyme disease anymore. You know, they're all these co-infections that keep affecting the immune system. And what a lot of people say, oh, but I got rid of the Babesia or the Rickettsia. It's like it's not not just those anymore. We have fungal, viral, bacterial, uh, parasitic. 
But the problem is it lives in our tissue. It's like Lyme disease in general is a spirochete. So what happens with a spirochete? It can go anywhere in the body. It looks kind of like it's similar to syphilis. So it looks kind of like a, like a little spiral cell that can get itself into almost any tissue or organ or bone. So that's why it is so difficult to treat. But now we have all these co-infections, all these other infections that go with it. And if that's happening with Lyme disease, what is happening with lupus? What's happening with arthritis? What's happening with um, uh, diabetes, cancers? And I, we've seen it in the years of research of doing this. We see it every time. So if we don't get the tissue of the body to release then and move, then everything we're doing as a full treatment, we will get a partial effect, but normally it will come back. And that's what happens to so many patients, including myself, is it'll just keep coming back. So that's one thing we do is look at where it's being stuck in the actual tissue of the body, looking at the vascular system, because a lot of time we will have, people will have amazing amount of edema, but it won't be traditional lymphatic edema. It will be like a vascular edema, which is very different. And vascular edema looks kind of like lymphatic edema, but it's a combination between the lymph system and the vascular system causing a microinflammation that is difficult to reduce. So it gets misdiagnosed and people suffer. It affects the nervous system, affects the nerve tissue. So how do we go after those things? Dietary is one. Looking at releasing the tissue is another and finding the root cause of where it's from. And then intravenous, very specific antimicrobials that come intravenously. We also can do them orally, but intravenous is the most direct in those type of cases when we are releasing it through the system. That's the time to attack it per se. But we also have to remember to support the system. So we can do things um, biologic. Biologics can be things that are anywhere from intravenous, uh, this sounds strange, but intravenous ginger extract. We can use different specific B vitamins. We can use uh, our testinate. We can use DMSO, which actually penetrates through any biofilm that could be blocking the absorption. We will use immunotherapies that are from your own immune system. You take the blood from your own immune system and you can target specific natural killer cells, dendritic cells. You can target um, the increase of cytokines. And you can either do this by creating kind of like a smart bomb autogolous, autogolous meaning from your own body. Uh, immune therapy vaccine. So it means that it basically comes from your own body to target those immune cells. So if we are supposed to naturally have a certain amount of natural killer dendritic cells or cytokines in our system, but we're not producing them because our immune systems are too compromised, we can create kind of smart triggers that will remind your immune system to produce them. And that can be done with what we call a natural killer dendritic or cytokine immunotherapy vaccine, but it's not really a vaccine. It's a from-your-own-body's trigger. You can also do that by certain antimicrobials. You can also do that with certain immunopeptide therapies that are compounded directly for the individual. You can also do that through um, certain IV antimicrobials as well as pharmaceuticals that are based on natural extracts. Well, let me and stop you for a second. Like, I've got some questions mm-hmm. before you go any further because I know go you it. have access <laughs> to things that you can use in an IV that we don't here in the United States. And you mentioned ginger. So, yes, what else do you have access to that we don't? 
Because I know the typical thing well, here, Myers cocktail, vitamin C, all of that kind of stuff. You can go to an IV station and have a treatment for um, alpha lipoic acid. Those are well known, but what do you have that's different than that? Well, I would say we have access to those things, but we also have access to things like some of these immunocompound peptides that have been unavailable in the U.S. for many years. Uh, we have access to things like natrochiller and dendritic immunotherapy. We have access to intravenous enzymatic therapies that are compounded from where we are. We get quite a few things both from Mexico as well as from France, Germany. We import a lot of those different intravenous things which can be utilized in those forms. We have access to macrophage D-binding protein, uh, which is an amazing type therapy that actually we work also in oncology, work on stopping the cancer stem cell production. And there's integrative of therapies that can actually do that because that's one of the root causes with cancer as well is stopping the reproduction of the cancer stem cell. So that's a really interesting subject as well. So that's one of the things we can do as well is we have an amazing laboratory we work with that we can either do focus on cancer stem cell immunotherapy. We can also focus on some of the underlying infection immunotherapy. So that's why we can work both in the chronic infection area as well as the oncology field. And those things are still in clinical trial in the U.S. between 40 and 50 years, Patricia. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's the thing but that those really bugs the heck out of me is that exact thing. Because I remember watching a show about the this couple that went, mushroom picking and Mm -hmm. they picked some mushrooms that they thought were safe and they weren't and the woman was exactly liver failure because she ate these mushrooms that were poisonous so uh, the hospital in the united states didn't think that they could save her however there was a doctor that had been studying milk thistle iv now this is a very concentrated IV. This is not, I mean, for everybody in the audience, yes, you can get milk thistle in a capsule or you can make a milk thistle tea. This is not what I'm talking about. This is the same product, but it is intensified greatly and it was used in the IV. Now, this woman is on her last last legs. They thought, that's it. We can't save her. This guy, this doctor flew across the country and brought this product with him. They they did the IV for her, and she recovered in 24 hours. She was fine. So that's a good example of what you're talking about. There is That's something that's under study. It's been under study for years, for God's sake. Why isn't this available? It is an innocuous product. It has no side effects. It pulled her out of the depths of hell that she was in because she was in liver failure. And yet we can't get that here. We just can't. I think there's something very wrong no. with this picture. It is wrong. I mean, these things should be available. And I and I have colleagues in the United States that, I mean, they are getting access to some of these things. And I applaud them because they are finding ways that they can give access to some of these things to their patients, to their clients, to the people they work with. So I applaud them for that. And we all try to support one another because, you know, sometimes people can't get out of the country, and we know that. Sometimes people can't do that. So we try to find exactly. things that they can either do at home or try to find physicians that they can actually work with to get some of these things. So it may not be all of it, but they can get some things. Mistletoe is one of those things. Mistletoe has been effective in breast cancer and other types of cancers for so many years, but 
there's only a certain kind of homeopathic mistletoe that's available in the United States. But there's another one that you can get in Mexico, over in Germany, Europe, as well as Canada. But it's a completely different form. And some people and some of these physicians say it's even 10 times more powerful than the one we have access to. Why the heck is that? <laughs> exactly. And I right? remember Suzanne Summers, who had breast cancer, talked about using mistletoe to uh, recover, I mean, to actually get rid of the breast cancer she was suffering from. And she was tarred and feathered in the mainstream media for even bringing that up. And I thought, this is exactly what's wrong. Because here's somebody who had success, and her success was based on research in other countries, not the United States. And she had a fantastic result. But when she wrote about it in her book and she talked about it on the air, oh, my God, they came after her with knives. It was awful. And it's like they don't want to create any room for anything other than chemotherapy and radiation and surgery. Well, those are three choices. I know. And you can choose that if you want. But what if you don't want that kind of treatment? What if you want to bring your body back into wholeness in a whole different way? Well, it should be your choice. But we don't realize in this country our our choices have been narrowed quite a bit in our health care. They've been taken, yeah. Yes, exactly. That's even a better word. Well, and they've been taken from us because I work with, and in the oncology field specifically, we work with so many young women now and young men. Um, I mean, we're seeing, we used to see patients in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and now we're getting so many calls from young women and men everywhere from 22 years old up to 42. And that is incredibly young. Even 50 and 60 is young for this. But 20 to 42, 45 years old, what is going on? And most of their options are they go to the oncologist and they're given the option of chemotherapy, radiation, or a clinical trial. But in order to get into a clinical trial, we must pass through the standard of care. And if the standard of care is unsuccessful, then we can go into the trial. There are many people now that don't even have insurance. So trying to get even some of the medications that have been proven that could actually help them are, you know, in the tens and thirties thousand dollars worth for a week of medication that is only one thing that they need by the standard of care. So it gets right. to a point where things become out of reach, and that's not fair. It, it, I get passionate about this because when I went, when I was, you know, when I went in to see the oncologist when I was 20, I said, I think there's something wrong. My whole breast is swollen. My arm is swollen. I do have a history of cancer in my family, so I just want to check and see what's wrong here. And I was not in Mexico. I was in the United States. I said, I really would like to see if we could just do a scan, run some markers. Could you please check me? I want to be sure. He told me that there was, I was too young that I was obviously looking for attention and that <laughs> he referred me to a, a psychologist for some emotional therapy because he thought that obviously there was nothing wrong. I probably exercised and pulled a muscle, I, right? I felt desperate, and I can't tell you how many people I've heard this from now. And it doesn't matter the age. It's, you know, you know there can't be anything wrong with you. Everything else looks good. You're fine. Go home, you know? happens with patients with Lyme disease or lupus or scleroderma you know nah you're stressed out you got a rash go home you know (laughs) exactly so and I think 
I don't think it's that the physicians don't want to help. I think it's that they're being dumbed down to the point that they don't actually think outside the box. And the ones that do, I am so grateful for. Um, well, yeah, and also but, some of the ones that do end up behind bars, like the gentleman, uh, well, know. let's tell this story. Let's talk about 714X, which many people have not even heard of. Mm-hmm. Now, with 714X, it is just the three ingredients in the product. None of them cause side effects. So there was a young man who had cancer, and he had gone in for one treatment, and he said, this is not for me, and he ran away. He was a teenager, 17 years old. He just took off. He said, I'm not doing it. Well, a particular doctor heard his story, tracked him down, and gave him 714X. He said, here you go. This is how you do it. And so the kid recovered completely, completely. No side effects, nothing. So what happened was this doctor also testified before Congress and said we need to be considering these types of treatments that don't have side effects, et cetera, and they work. Well, the next thing he knew, he was getting a knock on the door. The feds came. They confiscated all of his files. They took his car, and they threw him in prison. So that's the other thing that that happens in this country. A lot of people don't even realize this, that a lot of times their doctors can't look outside the box without facing prison time which is outrageous. No. But it's this ridiculous goes on they even have more to be than scared we know. of that. Yeah. It does. And and that's one of the reasons why working with some of these physicians, some of them were so scared to try to integrate protocols because they were so focused on their own protocol, they wanted to prove that that thing was working and even thinking that integrating one thing with another could possibly work. That was more of a closed-mindedness. But there was a whole other level of this field, which is exactly what you're saying. Physicians yeah, are it's, too it's tremendously scary. Quiet because yeah, they're gonna be, they're going to be, hit on the side of the head with either a legal battle. They're going to be brought through the legal system or dragged through the mud politically or in front of people, or they're going to be accused of something, all because they want to help their patients. And it's yeah. sad and it's frustrating, which is again one of the reasons why we went outside the United States. Well, that's I still, right. You know, yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what Baja Miggit was about, to offer options. That's also why the other company forum was about to try to educate people on more things that they can do. That's why working with all these different physicians throughout United States, Europe, Canada are amazing. That's why someone, for example, like Dr. Weber doing all these photodynamic therapy, he's trying to create something outside of the box. He is doing something miraculous. We've got, you know, this amazing physician um, scientist over in Japan that I worked with probably around 18, 19 years ago that created this amazing immunotherapy, Patricia, that was, I mean, it was miraculous on what we were seeing with oncology, chronic infections, all the above. It was eradicating disease. It was really impressive. And what happened? Guess what happened? (laughs) You know, read from the script. Yeah, go ahead and tell everybody. Yeah, you can read from the script. So he had this amazing program. It was working. The United States started a trial with it and then shut it down. So they went over to the European Union, into the UK, and they started research programs. A small hospital. They were very public about what they were finding. They did research with breast cancer, prostate cancer, um, certain types of glioblastomas, brain cancers, 
And then they went into the immunotherapy field of Lyme disease and specific types of neurological diseases and Parkinson's. And they were seeing some amazing turnarounds. The European Union raided the laboratory and shut everything down, showing that the results were not matching their claims. And yet they had universities backing them up. They had laboratories backing them up. They had private, independent, and huge hospitals backing them up and private clinics as well. And yet they were still sought after and, pardon my language, but just attacked. I wanted to use a different word, but attacked. In well, the yeah, they, and that's the problem. Field. I mean, so you know, uh-huh. people re- should need to realize that their choices have been taken away from them in a lot of ways, and they can stay with traditional medicine if that's their choice. That's fine, but if they want something else, it should be available in the United States. And thank God for you, Jennifer, and your clinic, Baja Medgate, because you're able to offer all these amazing therapies you can have ivs there that you can't have here in the united states you can be looked at as a an entire person emotionally your soul your spirit your physical everything gets taken into account you do have dr weber's therapies there you do have the uh, laser iv and so many other things and that's the star trek side of this because all of these things that you have here are leading edge just absolutely leading edge. And then you also have access to peptides, which people have begun to understand the importance of peptides here in the United States. A lot of it started with bodybuilders, but it's gone way beyond Mm -hmm. that. And there are a number of doctors that are looking to be trained or already are trained in understanding the mechanisms of peptides. Some of them even kill cancer, like PNC27, just an amazing peptide which I know you have access to. And then there's another one. Is it met Encephalin that you were telling me about? Metacephalin, mm-hmm. or short for Metang, which we've actually we've seen where we activate with specific other um, biological intravenous natural extract agents. We can actually rebuild an immune system. Of course, and I have to say this because it's never one thing, and we all know that, it's finding the balance of giving the body the right nutrition and support that it needs so that these things can work to their full effect. And when we do that, the results are amazing. You know, this metacaplin, for example, we have seen people with horrible autoimmune problems that are in wheelchairs, can't walk, actually pull through. And we know it's not just that, but it's the combination of everything we do. It's the aspect of working on the underlying aspects of what's going on with them, integrating the immunotherapy of something like metacaplin, you can, we've actually seen pancreatic tumors start to reduce by 50%, which is not supposed to happen, you know, and we're just at the precipice of this, and we're only seeing what we're starting with this. The same thing with, like you just mentioned, the photodynamic therapies. You can, all of these things are really like Star Trek medicine in a way because we're going outside the norm of what we know to be true, but you know, some of the protocols we were doing even six months ago are not what we do today. And the reason for that is we are always changing. We're always evolving and finding what works, right? And, and that is never going to be the same. Yeah, because that's that what you want to do. Yes. You want, don't want to be stagnant and just use this one therapy over and over again, which only has a 35% success rate. You want to always be looking exactly. for something better. 
And and that takes being and flexible and, and everything and to look for the next best thing, definitely. Exactly, exactly, Patricia. And I'm, and I'm grateful for what you are doing, too, because you're trying to educate people on what's available to them and give them my options of what they have access to. And I will tell you that we have done some amazing therapies and seen some amazing results by doing peptide therapy, kilodendritic immunotherapy, some of the biologics of these enzyme therapies, intravenous curcumin to um, en- enzymatic IV therapies to integrating interleukins and interferons that will target the natural killer cell production in the body, working on some of the underlying uh, microbial aspects, doing intravenous photodynamic therapy as well as direct injections to areas, whether it's a tumor or an area that's infected where we can eliminate certain microbes. And then as we've gone through these years, we see there's a whole other area. All this time, most of us were completely ignoring the fact that if we don't clean up the terrain of the body, and what I mean by that is look at what our bodies are missing from a nutrient perspective, and if we don't look at where we're actually holding these infections or our body is holding this, this, this kind of what we say like a tissue release or flow in the system where we're holding infections or microbes or inflammatory process within the vascular and lymphatic system, and if we don't look at what those underlying microbial issues are, all these other therapies are miraculous. But what happens with a lot of even alternative, just as traditional therapies, is we get a short-term result and things will come back. So this yes. is why the protocols have continued to change. Now we're seeing that we really, all these tools that we have access to, I tell you, we use them every single day. We find what the individual person needs. We, will, we have access to these amazing, it's kind of like an amazing menu, per se, of different therapy options that depending on the individual and what their body needs, we can choose from and integrate to get the best effect for them. But the base is so important of making sure that we are yeah. finding where the body is holding these infections well, or these, these inflammatory yes. processes and giving them but the it's proper also, nutrients it's, so it's, we it's, can repair ourselves. But it's also understanding what, like you said, what's causing this disease. Now, I'll give you an example exactly. of how this isn't working for scleroderma patients because the model for this disease is incorrect. Now, Ed Harris is a brilliant researcher who also happened to have scleroderma. And he was on a mm-hmm. path to an early grave with that because it's much more aggressive in men than it is in women, even though more women have it than men. Well, Ed just got into the research libraries. This is way before we had access on Internet and started figuring things out. Now, he came out with a different model. He said, no, scleroderma isn't a skin disease, a fibrosis disease. It is a blood disorder. And what is happening is there Mm -hmm. is some kind of protein that is binding red blood cells together. The red blood cells bound together then create these microcirculation problems affecting the extremities first, but then move into the organs. It is a blood disorder. So what are scleroderma researchers doing looking other places? They need to be looking at this. And Ed is the one who figured all of this out, again, highly motivated because he was also a patient. But he's a brilliant researcher, and more attention needs to be paid to these discoveries that speak to the cause. Here's the cause. This is what's causing the fibrosis. It's in the blood. 
And just to explain to everybody, uh, red wine and aspirin do not affect yeah. these red blood cells. So it's like, yeah, no. you know, you think we could thin the blood like that, right? Don't we wish? No, it doesn't work like that with those blood no, cells. No, no, so, it doesn't. Anyways, it's very important to look at what is causing the disease. And so many researchers miss the boat on this, and they're looking in the wrong place. They will never find a cure, let alone a treatment. They just can't. They're not going to because, like you said, they keep looking in the wrong place, and they're not actually looking at the root cause. They're looking at the symptom. And most treatments that we do, we're going after a symptom rather than a cause. That's even the problem, in the isn't integrative it? alternative, it is a problem because even in the integrative alternative field, even though, like I said, I admire my colleagues, I admire the physicians that I work with, but even myself, I've been caught in this for years, and I'm still trying to find ways that we get out of it because we do need to control a certain amount of symptomology so that we can actually live, right? And yes. quality of life, and this is something that my partner's opened me up to even so much more because I've been through this myself. Quality of life is one of the most important things that we can get. And we have to make sure that if we don't look at the root cause, we can treat the symptom all we want. We will get a temporary relief, but not a long-term result. And what that means is it is so complexly simple and simply complex that we forget to look at the basics of what we are missing. We don't and it sounds like, I mean, I, to be honest, even I looked at this for so many years and went, come on, we need all these treatments, we need all these things. And, yes, we absolutely do. Our bodies have become so toxic. Our bodies have become, we handle, it's amazing how much our bodies handle, like you, we were just explaining with the binding proteins and how our bodies will absorb, and then it is a vascular blood issue with scleroderma. That is completely true. It's the same thing also with with lupus, to be honest, that we've seen. And even if you look at most chronic illnesses or diseases, it is at the root cause a blood lymphatic issue and a malnutrition issue or or now malnutrient type issue because we are not looking at the root cause of where it came from to begin with. If our bodies were strong enough, if our bodies had enough um, nutrient support and we weren't as toxic as we were, could we create an internal environment that we would get these things to begin with? Right, exactly. We might get now, infections here and there. Yeah, but we wouldn't be yeah, overwhelmed. We, we might get an them. infection here and there. No, exactly. And that's when something like traditional medicine of an antibiotic or a certain medication or an IV of vitamin C or you know whatever treatment we have access to can be amazingly effective, whether it's traditional or integrative. But if we don't take care of the underlying terrain, our body's environment first, it's kind of like I've used this analogy a few times. If we go into a home and it's flooding and we stop the actual pipe that's broken that's flooding the room, but we don't go in and drain the liquid out and clean up the room, we're basically just stopping the flood, but we're leaving all the stagnant water there to keep growing, mold, mm-hmm. fungal, whatever exactly. it might be. We so it, we forget that part. Yeah, we over, and also the one thing we've seen through the years, too, is there's a fine line between treating someone effectively and over-treating them. I Mm -hmm. love supplements. I have been in love with supplements for so many years. But I've realized also that supplements need to be used in the right way, and they can be amazingly effective. 
But in the alternative field, we have become to using supplements almost the same way we were using pharmaceuticals because look at how many supplements people are taking now. I have people come through the door with us that are on 150 to 200 supplements a day and they're not eating any food. Do we really think that's healthy? Yeah, and that's I mean, a, a very important point because not only is it not healthy, <laughs> but you can be, have malnutrition be taking all these supplements because you need your food. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. People let, are let me so just answer this question. That, let me just eating. answer this question, Jennifer, that just came in through text. So uh, an audience member just texted me and wanted to know if 714X is available. Yes, it is. You can order it from mm-hmm. Canada from a company that I'm going to spell it for you. It's C-E-R-B-E, that's C-E-R-B as in boy, E, dot com. So they do sell it in Canada, and I think in Canada also some of that cost is covered by insurance. Of course, not here. But, yes, you can order the product from Canada at com. So I just wanted to answer that question. And here's another question Thank for you, you Jennifer. Um, people are, are texting me, and they want to know, and I guess, again, everybody's program is going to be individualized, so it's hard to give an exact cost. But can you give a range to the audience about how much they could spend at your clinic in, let's say, a five- to seven-day program? Yes, that's that's. I hesitate only because it's a little bit difficult because it can be such a wide range. So yes. I can give an idea, but just please keep in mind that the range of cost can really depend on what we're doing. And right. we don't want and anyone what you're treating, spending. Yeah. Exactly, and what we're treating. Um, programs can be anywhere from a week up to two weeks. Sometimes they can be more, sometimes they're less. We usually try to keep it around that two-week period, but sometimes people only need a week. So it really depends on what agents we're using, what type of things we need to utilize, but programs can be from a few thousand dollars up to 10000 It really depends what we're doing. So that's why we like to evaluate each case first, find out exactly what we would suggest in that case, give them a proposal, and then work on with them on something they're going to do. And the one thing I say, and in the beginning, I, I wasn't like this, but it is so true now, is that anyone who comes to the clinic, you need to be willing to want to actually make a change. We're not going to be there to fix you. We're there to support and work with you as a team. Right. You need to put, you know, the, the 60, 70, 80%. But we are, the one thing we do is I'm kind of like a thorn in a way. I like sticking with people and keep bugging them because we want we do the best we can. We're all human, but we want to make sure that what they're doing, they're actually following and doing it because that's the only way we're going to have success. And right. we have seen so many successes through the years. They've changed. We don't we don't help everyone. I'll be honest, we don't. But the majority of people we see, we do get amazing results, and we continue to in getting get those results even better. Because, like you said, Patricia, we're always changing. We're always finding what the root cause is, what therapies can we utilize. And we have access to so many different therapy options. And if anyone wants information, research articles, they are welcome to email, submit on the site. Our site is not the prettiest and nicest one, and I should say this. It's designed because we were are a research clinic that anyone who really does want information will request information and we will email you as much as we can because we are research-based. So we weren't after this as becoming 
you know, I'm grateful for Patricia for having us on the show because we want to let more people know what's available to them. That's also why we started our other company, so people who couldn't afford to get into a clinic or travel outside of a country would still have access to things that could help them. Um, and there are so many different tools that you can do at home, things that you can purchase to take home, things you can do on yourself, things that you can, you know, recipes and things that you can actually start doing to make the biggest difference. I've had women um, and men with very advanced diseases that have just started a few little changes and they've called me a few days later and, you know, suddenly they've had this amazing breakthrough. Um, Sometimes some people have avoided surgeries with just small little changes. So I'm not saying it can always happen, but there are things that can be done. People don't need to give up. There are options available. There are things that can actually happen. So yes, and things, the reason everything I'm doesn't have to is, break the bank. There are things, like you said, simple no. things people can do at home. What about Alzheimer's? Do you have Alzheimer's patients that you've worked with? We do. And interestingly enough, usually with Alzheimer's patients that we've seen and the ones that we've seen through the years, there is an underlying uh, microbial issue. Um, usually we've seen viral and fungal. And the other one that we usually see as well is a very serious vascular constriction. So just like we used to see, I don't know, some of the listeners may know this, but with MS, um, uh, multiple sclerosis, there used to be a thing where they would check the the jugular veins in the neck to see if there was any constriction of blood flow to the brain or calcium deposits that they would see in the uh, um, MRIs of of the skull or the brain. Interestingly enough, with Alzheimer's, there have been studies done as well to see if there's vascular restriction. And in 90% of the cases, there has been vascular restriction or some type of vascular inflammatory issue. The other one is there was a study done at Harvard University where they did a study on 10 Alzheimer brains, and 9 out of the 10 were positive for the spirochete of Lyme disease. Isn't that interesting? Oh, my goodness. So there's... I know, and that's something that I still think that we all need to look at a little bit more closely and we need to pay attention to because there is something going on there. So how we've treated Alzheimer's is exactly that way. We look at the vascular aspect. We look at what's missing from the neurotransmitter support. Why are we not getting proper, um, uh, uh, let's say, neurological connection between the body and the brain or what's missing for the nutrients for the brain to actually repair the neurotransmitters to, to repair and communicate? And the other one is what are we looking at cell receptors as well? Because if we have an infection or we have some kind of microbial issue there and we don't go after that aspect or create an environment that those microbes cannot live in, because let's face it, we are never going to get rid of microbes since the plague, the black plague, we are around them. They've lived around us. However, we have our scientists and people around us have been so smart to create even traditional medications like antibiotics and anti-malarial medications that do work in certain cases, but they're not the only thing. They get rid of the symptom at the moment, but you still have to create an environment where those microbes cannot live in. So similar to Alzheimer's, we have to create an environment where those things cannot live in and where the neurotransmitters can repair. And again, we go back to things like peptides. We go back to things like... um, you know, light therapy that can help neurons repair. Yeah, because but again, as I recall, we Dr. Weber has cells. the helmet, right? He has the helmet for Alzheimer's exactly. patients. You use that in your clinic? We do, and it's got amazing results. And again, you need the, the it's kind of like giving photons of light back to the body, right? So the neurons can repair. Very similar. Yes. 
But again, if we don't have the nutrients there, it's kind of like, you know, shining light on, the, on a room that hasn't been cleaned. So we have to have both sides. So that's where you have the benefit of both. They can actually affect each other and get an integrative effect. So you have so let me ask a you much a little more. Bit. Mm-hmm. I, I just have another question about treating the Lyme disease and co-infections. Can that be treated with the laser watch viral pack, virus package? Can that treat Lyme, et cetera, or not? Absolutely help. There's no question. We've seen that. So, yes, it can help because ultraviolet and blue light is antiviral and antibacterial. But, again, one of the things we've seen is it's the same thing is absolutely utilize it because those are things people can do at home. I actually cleared a blood clot with that laser watch in my own leg, and that was amazing. All I used was that, oral curcumin. amazing. Some, yeah. It is. Some protolytic enzymes. And I used that over the clot for about three days, and it did clear. And that was my partner who actually pointed that out to me. He said, you know, you're using it on the wrist. Why wouldn't you put it on a clot? So, well, the duh, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's true, right? You don't have to use it on one spot. So, yes, it, it does go after some. It's not particularly Lyme disease-specific. It is, is the viruses and the co-infections that are there. So we know it's affecting it because we've seen viral counts reduced. We've seen studies where viral loads, just with using that and vitamin B2, they have a reduction. There's studies showing that. But a lot of cases we will see, especially with Lyme and all these co-infections, you're not dealing with one virus. You're dealing with a multitude, right? So people can get those type of things and use them at home. Well, yeah, exactly. If they can get those type of kits and use them at home, absolutely, because it's something they can do. But don't forget to look at the things that we always forget. If we've got all these co-infections, where are they coming from? Where are they sitting in our body? Why are they sitting in those areas? Do we have old injuries? Are we holding on to them? And the other one is, and I mean physically, our actual tissue, our musculoskeletal system, our vascular system, our lymphatic system. But the other one, too, is what are the most natural things we can do at home that are antimicrobials and that are natural? Garlic, ginger, Turmeric, cilantro, onion. I mean, think about all these things we have yeah, on our, all of those tip things. of our fingers that none of us are now, really using. What about the lymph system? Because that's often ignored. How do you stimulate the lymph system other than the 714X, which I mentioned earlier, that it affects the lymph system in a very positive way and allows it to drain more properly. But what else can you recommend for that? Because it is an important part of staying healthy. It's huge. So whether it's in our clinic or it's someone at home, it's a little different. So if we have someone who has a tremendous amount of lymph stagnation, that's when we do this tissue um, tissue release type of technique and then the facility to get things moving. But another one that's important for people is anything that gets the lymph system moving. So movement is one of the biggest things, right? We have to get moving. And we're right. not talking about just going to a gym and lifting weights. Walking, swimming, actual movement we need movement for our lymphatic system to actually function. But it's also not just movements. It's things that will actually flush our system. So getting proper hydration, and I know it's going to sound weird, but we also need to make sure we're absorbing the hydration. So putting lemon in water or something as simple as that is such a simple thing to do. Um, the other one is because you get the, the um, uh, electrolytes and minerals our body needs from a natural, raw, fresh source which our lymphatic system needs the hydration to be able to process. 
There's also a lot of things that can help lymph system. There's so many homeopathics out there that you can get to support lymph system. And funny enough, usually lymphatic system will respond very well to specific homeopathics, especially if they're liquid form. Um, you can use things like, you know, there's also these amazing, um, oh, I don't know if you've heard of it. Have you seen the Equitonic? It's this amazing little kind of energy pulsation frequency device that, uh-huh. Actually, we've used with people with severe lymphedema, and it gets the lymph system moving, which is very impressive. Um, you can do the same thing with something like the laser watch. You can put it on different areas of the lymph system, and it can reduce the inflammatory process in the area, help with the microcirculation. But again, you still need to get up and move. <laughs> yeah, everybody's so um, sedentary the, these days. Yeah. Uh huh. Exactly. So. Look at different herbs, look at different, um, there's an amazing combination of using a parsley and rosemary, fresh parsley and rosemary in a tea form, where mm-hmm. actually will stimulate lymphatic drainage and kidney function. That so that's another delicious. one. Um, it, it actually tastes really good. So there's all these little tiny tricks like that that are so simple that, you know, we forget. So that's one of the things we do when we treat people, too. We go back to the very, very basics. We look at what's the underlying root cause. And and I'll be honest, we do have a tendency, all of us, to over-treat things. And it's not bad. It's finding the right line between so that we're not over-treating and yet we're not Mm under-treating. There has to be a balance. And every individual is going to be different. Exactly. And just to go back mm-hmm. to the peptides again, there are so many exciting advances with peptides today. And there's even some now that are affecting, uh, having a positive effect, I should say, on inflammation, which is at the root cause of a lot of things. We've just gotten to be into a completely inflamed state all of the time. So uh, I believe we are. which one yeah. was it? We were discussing this. Is it KNV was the peptide that addresses inflammation? And those things are available. You can get them. You can even work with doctors who, who are, uh, in you know, very much informed about these kinds of things. And I know a lot of the work with peptides started in the U.K. and then migrated over here, thank goodness. So you do have some choices out there. And certainly uh, with your clinic, Jennifer, there's a tremendous amount of things to choose from for what is the best therapy when a client comes in with cancer or an autoimmune disease or Alzheimer's or any of those horrible things, you've got, and also you've got a great location, right? Aren't you near the beach? <laughs> we have a beautiful just, location. <laughs> it looks beautiful yeah, we are in the not, photo. So. Thank you. I'll send some more, but we are not located in the middle of the city. Um, my partner and I wanted something that was more of a um, a state-of-the-art but home-type environment. So mm-hmm. probably being a little bit biased, we do have an amazing staff. Uh, we've created something that is very unusual um, when you look at what we offer and what we do because we're not, we're not very traditional by any means. Um, we do have transportation every day to and from the clinic. We have a few lodging options that we usually suggest to people that are very close to us. One is oceanfront and the other is more of a garden kind of environment. Of course, there's always other options, but our location is sitting along the coast highway, um, still in technically the city of Tijuana, which is basically 15 minutes probably from the border. We're very, very close. But we sit up on a hill in a commercial and residential area that looks directly down to the ocean. So the lower level of our clinic is actually clinical, and the upper level is more 
kind of like an environment where once the treatments are done, we have a you know beautiful uh, uh, dining room upstairs, kind of a relaxed area where you can see the ocean, have a wonderful meal, um, do more of the consulting and kind of administration kind of things, and then you know take you back and you can either take a walk on the beach or go to local little shops. I mean, it's kind of people who want to be in that kind of environment. It's a very safe area. We've never had a problem with that. Uh, we are close to. We have relationships with local hospitals. We have relationships with um, um, every laboratory that we need for uh, everywhere from very unique specialty labs to imaging, ultrasounds, MRIs. And we have access to all of the traditional medical side of things that we need. And yet our environment is a very integrated and alternative setting in the sense that we want people to be comfortable. Spend a week or two, they don't feel like they're in a hospital. They feel like they're in a more of a home environment, but it's a clinic as well. So, and that was our concept, something that was a way to help them learn more about themselves, a way to find the underlying root cause, integrate the therapies that would be most effective and help rebuild their system, look at the underlying terrain of what we're missing and try to give them the tools and options that they have the power to take home with them so they can continue the therapies and yet using state-of-the-art techniques, therapies, treatment options, um, machines, units that we have access to as well. And yet again, it, I sound like a broken record, and I apologize for that, but again, looking at the root cause of why we're there in the first place, and sometimes every time we've seen so far right now that we are getting amazing results by sometimes looking at the most simplest of things. And it's kind of mind-boggling because we forget it. Well, exactly. And and the other thing that you're offering is a tremendous team, and I know the value of that because when I started down this path with scleroderma, I looked for people that were going to be a, you know, good team players. It was me. I didn't care if they played with each other. I wanted them to be a good team player. You wanted them to play for you. To me. <laughs> That's right. And so, you know, but I learned a lot along the way. I had a wonderful traditional doctor who was a rheumatologist, and he was very he was very compassionate, and I'll tell you what, he really knew his medications. I wasn't a big fan of medications, but he knew them. If I needed one or if I wanted to discuss one, he was great with that. But he said to me, you really need to go see a scleroderma specialist because I've only seen one other person who has it. So he was very honest. Now, that was a good team player with me. I liked him, even though he was traditional. I don't have a lot of faith in traditional, especially for chronic illness. He was a great team player. So it's, it's just you need the people on your team, everybody, who are going to support you in many different ways, not just one way, many different ways. That's where you're going to get your good results, too. And that's what you have also, Jennifer, is you have great team down there. You have a wonderful resource of so many different doctors and professionals who can help, and that is key. It's absolutely key. Thank you for for seeing that because it is it is key. We have our base team of um, myself and a partner which run the clinic from every baseline, and our goal is to integrate every therapy for the individual and how those treatments actually fit together for the individual. But we have amazing physicians that are in clinic every day from, you know, a a traditional medical doctor who's looking at integrative um, 
therapies to integrative oncology to chronic infection to immunotherapies. We have a physician that specializes in stem cell therapy as well as immune therapy. He's an MD with a master's in genetics and a PhD in immunotherapy. We have another physician head of Germany who's an MD both in the European Union and Mexico. He is licensed, funny enough, he has three PhDs in homeopathy and herbology. Um, We've got an amazing surgeon, a cardiologist that runs the local intensive care. We have a physician that specializes in every type of, you know, injection therapy that could be needed. We've got physicians that are not just local. Uh, We have an amazing oncological surgeon and general surgeon as well, not that we promote specifically surgery, but if we run across the fact that something's needed, there are alternative ways to do those types of procedures. And one thing that we didn't touch on, and I know we're probably going to be wrapping up shortly, was the aspect of even chemotherapy and oncology. We don't really like that. We look at other options, but we do have an oncologist that does think outside the box. And there are times and places where having someone look at options is important. So we always look at the alternatives. And that is so important for us. But it's always good to have that perspective so that you know what's available to you. And our goal is to go the most least invasive and non-toxic form. And if we can get the body to respond and get that direction, then that is how we go. But if we see that something may be needed, even a small application of one way or another, we're not opposed to it. It just is absolutely not our first choice. Right. And it's we gotta would be only an use it if... If you exactly. Need to, right. We would only use those well, things if we Jennifer, unfortunately, needed. we've come to the end of our time together. It feels I like we've know. only been talking for five <laughs> minutes, but that's the mark of a great interview. Thank you so much. Everybody, you can reach Jennifer at BajaMedgate.com. Feel free to reach out to her if you have questions or you want to visit the clinic. And until next week, we will see you again. We're going to have another great show. We're going to have somebody here from MUFON. And we're going to talk about what's been going on with their reports. So in the meantime, everybody, we will see you on the Blue Highway. Be safe. We'll see you soon. Good night. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.